swept away by Simon Hemmelrich. For the parents of the bride, fear replaces joy as a raging river scoops up their car on the way to the wedding. Marjon van Eyck was excited. The 57-year-old from the Netherlands and her family had just landed on the Spanish island of Mallorca for the wedding of her daughter Iris. It was a day she'd dreamed about. The intimate ceremony was taking place the next day, October 10, 2018. Twenty-one guests were planning to gather at a stunning villa in the hills beyond the picturesque town of Saint-Laurent de Cadassar, just under an hour's drive from the airport. I can't wait for the barbecue tonight, never mind the wedding, Marion told her mother, Betts Cassiou. Betts was a sharp, warm-hearted 84-year-old, but she wasn't in the best of health. A year earlier, she had had emergency surgery on a perforated intestine and now wore a colostomy bag. Hip problems meant she had to walk with crutches, but she was thrilled to be attending her granddaughter's wedding in such a beautiful setting. She also felt comforted by the fact that the family had brought along a nurse, Marion Tunison, to help her. The three women and Marion's husband, Peter Jan van Eyck, walked out of the airport at around 6pm and into a rental car. Iris and her fiancé, Cohen Vlothusen, were waiting at the property, thrilled to share such a magical event with the ones they loved. On the road to saint Laurent, the family gazed at Mallorca's rugged countryside, with its rolling, rocky slopes peppered by wispy grasses and low green trees. As they crossed the hilly landscape, the sun set and rain started to fall heavily. But that didn't detract from the beauty of the island. They chatted happily. Peter Jan, a quiet historian, kept them amused with witty observations from the driver's seat. They had no inkling that the rainfall had already reached dangerous levels. More than 230 millimetres would fall by the end of the night. As they drove beyond the town of saint Laurent and up the winding road about a kilometre into the hills, the rain came down harder and the sky grew darker. They were approaching a bridge over what was normally a small stream when, without warning, a wave of dirty, fast-moving water washed over the top of them. Within seconds, the torrent had lifted the little white car into the now raging river and sent it surging down the hillside. It all happened so quickly that Marion and her family were too shocked even to scream. As the car lurched and spun through the water, its roof scraping the underside of a couple of bridges, they clutched to their seats and doors in numb disbelief. The flood carried the car back through Saint-Laurent, which was now engulfed by over a metre of water and into scrubland a few hundred metres south of the town where, finally, it caught on a submerged object in the middle of the torrent. The mother of the bride felt water swilling round her feet and looked down. Muddy brown flood water was pouring into the car and rising quickly. Sitting in the back seat with her mother's nurse, she knew they all had to get out quickly before the waters rose too high in the car and they all drowned. Forcing the back door open, she jumped into the flood water, followed by the 52-year-old nurse. Marion grabbed the front door handle and tried to open the door to reach Peter Jan and her mother in the front seat, but the water pressure on the door was too much. Suddenly, the rising, churning water flipped the car onto its roof, leaving Peter Jan and his mother-in-law hanging in their seatbelts, seconds away from being submerged. This is the end, he thought. 
But then, just as suddenly, another rush of water flipped the car right side up again. Braced against the current, Mayon got a grip on a back door handle and, using all her strength, pulled the door open. She hauled her husband and mother out, one at a time, between the two front seats, coughing and sputtering. But the danger was far from over. The four of them clung to the back of the car as the water rushed over them. They were being battered by debris, including branches and pieces of metal. The sky was completely dark, illuminated only by occasional flashes of lightning as the rain continued to pelt down. The flooded stream was now more than 80 metres across and they were trapped almost in the middle. Peter Yan yelled for help, but his wife was sure it was hopeless. I don't think anyone can even see us, let alone hear us, she thought. We don't stand a chance. Gento Galmez stared out of the window of his small summer house. The 57-year-old, an administrator for the local city government, had just come home after making a harrowing 1.5-kilometre drive from saint Lorec through rain so severe that it was almost impossible to see. The narrow, usually empty stream 100 metres away had surged over its banks, swamping the rocky ground towards his property. He'd come to pick up his daughter, Margalida Galmez, 24, who was staying at the house, intending to return to his home in saint Lorec, where his wife was. But the floodwaters forced him to stay put with his daughter. At around the same time, his neighbour, Mikel Montoro, stepped outside. It was now well past 7pm and dark, but during the frequent flashes of lightning, Montoro could make out ten or more cars in the floodwaters. Suddenly, just above the roar of the water, he heard screams coming from a car about 30 metres away in the raging stream. Galmez heard the screams too and rushed out to join his neighbour. We've got to do something, he told Montoro. Montoro agreed. If we don't try, we might hear those screams for the rest of our lives, he said. Montoro ran to his van and shone its headlights across the water towards the car so they could get a better idea of what they were facing. But even with the headlights, they still couldn't see any details, not even how many people they might need to rescue. What they could see was how far they would have to go into the fast-flowing water. Montoro grabbed a long length of rope from his house and the two men tied themselves together like mountain climbers. Montoro, a strong 47-year-old blacksmith, would be the anchor, feeding Galmez the line as the latter pushed through the flood. Galmez, like his neighbour, had wound the rope around his middle, but with enough remaining free so he could throw the loose end to those needing to be rescued. They started into the water and towards the car. The stranded family spotted the van's headlights and screamed even louder for help. Along with the occasional flash of lightning, Their cries were Montoro and Galmez's only real guide as to exactly where they were. The two men could feel themselves sinking into churning mud, but according to plan, Montoro stood firm while Galmez fought the current to struggle ahead. Galmez was tough, but at barely 1.52 metres, he was soon chest deep in the water. Don't go any further, Montoro shouted. The current will take you but Galmez ignored his friend and kept fighting the current. Refrigerators, wooden pallets and even whole trees cascaded by on either side of him. A gas cylinder smashed into Montoro's ribs. Both men knew that something bigger could send them to their deaths, but they were driven by pure adrenaline. It took Galmez ten minutes to get within ten metres of the car. 
he could make out four people clinging to the back. They pleaded with him for help in what little Spanish they knew. Ayuda, ayuda, help, help. Bracing himself, Galmez threw the end of the rope towards the car, hoping someone would be able to grab hold. But it landed just out of reach. After several attempts, Peter Jan, who was closest, caught the rope. Galmez gestured to him to tie it around his waist, then Galmez steadied himself as he pulled the man towards him. Peter Jan stumbled on. Weighed down by a heavy jacket, he lost his balance and plunged under the water. Spitting out water, he struggled back to his feet, and Galmez hauled on the rope until he was close enough for Peter Jan to fling his arms around him like an octopus. Worried that Peter Jan would drag them both under, Galmez, with Montoro pulling on the rope, got him to safety quickly. They hoped that the 60-year-old might be able to help rescue the others, but Peter Jan was dazed and shaking with shock. Galmez turned his efforts back to the three people still clinging to the car. After bringing Betz's nurse to safety, he went back for Marion and her mother. Suddenly, before anyone could stop her, Marion dived below the surface and back into the car to grab her mother's medication. She re-emerged seconds later with the meds, tied the rope around her waist, then grabbed hold of her mother. With Galmez pulling, the two women slowly made their way towards him, Marion straining to hold her mother aloft through water that was almost up to her neck. They made it safely to Galmez. Then, with Montoro heaving on the rope, they pushed through the rushing waters towards shore. Just as they reached shallower water, however, Betts lost her balance and fell to her knees, sinking into the mud. Galmez and Montoro tried to lift her but couldn't. Montoro untied himself and rushed to get a wheelbarrow. He and Galmez lifted Betts just enough to get her into it. With one man pulling and the other pushing, Montoro and Galmez dragged the wheelbarrow through the sopping ground to safety. The rescued Dutch family, Nurse Marion Tunisen and Galmez gathered in Montoro's house. The Spaniards gave them blankets and found dry clothes for them to put on. Nurse Marion and Galmez's daughter Margalida, who was also a nurse, tended to Betts. She was shivering. She needed to get to a hospital. But with no phone signal, there was no way of calling an ambulance. Plus, the street leading to the main road had been washed away. Montoro had no option but to try to restore the road himself, using his tractor. After about an hour, it was passable, and they took the family to a roundabout where local police were directing traffic. The Dutch group was taken to a shelter, and Betts was rushed to a hospital, where she was checked over and released the following day. Later that evening, Galmez drove to saint Lorec to reunite with his wife. The town looked as if an earthquake had hit it. Debris filled the streets and cars were piled on top of one another. Back at his main house, a tired Montoro found his partner and friends glued to news reports and frantically contacting loved ones. I'm going to have a shower, Montoro said matter-of-factly as he walked to the bathroom. I've just rescued four people. Thirteen people lost their lives that day, during what was one of Mallorca's worst flash floods in memory. In June 2019, King Philip VI presented Galmez and Montoro with the Spanish Order of Civil Merit. Iris and Cohen were married in a simple ceremony in the Netherlands. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au. 
brought to you by Reader's Digest Australia. Narration by Zoe Mernier. Sound production by Ricky Price.